Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening to Honey and Hustle. We are a visual podcast that features conversations with small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and those in the nonprofit community. We're so glad that we started sharing our podcast here on Anchor FM. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you're listening to this right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. This video is sponsored by Blackology Coffee Company. Hey everybody, my name is Angela. I am the host and producer of the Honey and Hustle podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode with Joanne Wetzel of Joanne Wetzel Coaching. She is based here in Raleigh, Wake Forest area, but she services people all over the country through her email list, through her social media, and of course she's also a fellow YouTuber and podcaster. Um, so be sure to check her out online. I can't wait for you guys to dive into this incredible episode. I know so many business owners, so many people who are starting probably have questions about if they have a side hustle, how they can make that full time and what that looks like for them financially. So be sure to dive into this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. So you are a money and mindset coach and you also have your own podcast called the You Empowered Podcast. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you, um, I've been following you for a while. And so for the people who are watching this now who don't know a lot about Joanne's history, you've done a lot with, um, yes, money, but also money specifically passive income. Mm-hmm. Um, manage your time, how to get in a mindset of, you know, like consolidating your financial success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what led you to kind of go into this career path? Oh, because uh, I guess you should take it back about five years. Um, I, my husband and I, about five years ago, we were saddled with debt. We had $50,000 in in debt and that was credit cards, car, uh, consumer debt, personal loans, medical bills. I mean, anything you can imagine, like we had it, we were living the American dream. And I don't know, we just, there just became a point where like, we were just sick and tired. We were like, okay, the question we had to ask ourselves was like, is there more than this? Or is this all that there is? Like, this is this is how we're gonna live for the rest of our lives. And we were like, there's gotta be a better way to like have money and to manage our finances and to be able to do the things that we wanna do. So we just started really di- diving into like financial literacy and personal finance, which was something that like I was never taught in school. And I, certainly nobody around me talked about how to manage your money. And, you know, my parents had debt and my grandparents had debt. And like, just, it was like a natural state of like society and how things were done. Um, but I knew that we weren't happy. So in 18 months, we paid off $50,000. We got seriously intense. We, I was uh, running my makeup artistry business at the time. My husband had a full-time job and I waited 
tables at night. He delivered pizzas on the weekends. We sold everything we could except for like our dogs. And we just got really intense. And it was at that time that I became really passionate about personal finance because I, I had seen that like we're not multimillionaires and we could change our financial future. And that was really, uh, that's what inspired me to get my financial coaching certification a few years ago. And I've deviated a little since then, but it always comes back to money when I coach women. When I talk to women in business, it always goes back to charging our worth and managing our money. And, and so really, I wanted to step into that space because I had had such a passionate experience about it. But I know that for a lot of young people, like we're just not taught those skills. And we can dramatically change our money legacy and our financial future by being intentional with our money. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think like, again, when people are thinking about taking a leap from maybe having a nine to five or a full-time job that has a salary, you know, and saying, okay, well, like, what are the things that I'm giving up in order to have the life that I want as a self-employed person, as a freelancer, as an entrepreneur? You know, the first thing they say is, well, you know, security, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's, I'm losing that security of a daytime job, which I vehemently disagree with, right? Yeah. But I, it's, it's hard for me to argue that point when I don't know anybody's, like, financial position right now. I don't know how much debt a person has that they're thinking about and looking at when they're saying, like, okay, well, I want to invest in myself, right? Because yeah. that determines the amount that they can invest. That determines the amount of time that they can invest, right? They may yeah. have to do things like waiting tables in order to like finance that dream. Um, and so like, it's not always glamorous, it's not always easy. So can you talk to me about like the mindset that you, you know, kind of coach people through having when, it when you start to think about like creating financial freedom for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the ironic thing about personal finance is that people think that budgeting and saving and all of that is really restricting, but in actuality, it gives you a lot of freedom. So if you're in a full-time job right now and you have a side hustle and you're looking at, you know, uh, eventually moving into that full-time, well, you're, yes, your full-time job is giving you a lot of security, but if you are better able to manage your money and uh, get your boat close to the dock before you quit your job, so you have uh, an abundant, like an, a good amount of savings things that you can live on while you build your business, that's also security, you know? So there's no, there's no one linear way of security, but in media and in culture and in society, we are taught that nine to five is like the only security. Now I will say it is, you know, it can be more difficult as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, what have you to have benefits. You know, you definitely have like the 401ks and the matches and, um, you know, the health benefits. But if you're being savvy with your money and you are, you know, making enough money to where you can invest back in your business, you can also provide yourself with those benefits. You know, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur and I have an investment team that I contribute to retirement every single month you know I have an IRA so I and I'm not I don't work for anybody else so I think that we just have to redefine what security looks like and not put all of our eggs in the basket of like a corporate job right or a nine-to-five because I've heard of so many people my stepdad included that he put in 30 years with a company and he was laid off and so that security went completely out of the window and he had no idea that it was going to happen. And then he found himself in a very, you know, crippling financial situation. He had a little bit of a severance package and he had to completely start over again. But he ha he had put all of his security in the idea that he was going to retire from that company and that did not happen. So we just have to redefine what security looks like and create security for ourselves versus expecting that we're going to be in that position for, you know, 20 or 30 years. And as we know, technology changes so quickly. So your job could be, you know, become automated and downsized in five years. We don't know what's going to happen. 2020 has shown us that we have no control over the state of the world. 
<laughs> okay, so you touched on two things and I really want to dig deeper on a little bit because I really feel like, yes, financial freedom is important for business owners to think about, but it's also important for people who are still at those nine to five jobs to think about because if you can't handle our budget correctly and like strategically and effectively, when you're getting a steady paycheck, you're going to have an infinitely harder time when you're working for yourself. So it really does start with learning how to handle yourself and be financially savvy from the jump, mm-hmm. right? Because all at the end of the day, I like to think of it like a nine to five job. There's nothing wrong with a nine to five job, but it just makes your income predictable. That's the only the only difference. Like you can still have stability outside of a nine to five. Like you said, I have a Roth IRA that I contribute to. You know what I'm saying? As a self-employed person, I have health insurance. Like I have all the things that technically a person in nine, a nine to five thinks that you can only have through that job. Like, yeah. it's not, you know, and I'm not like broke because I have health insurance. <laughs> like I, I can still like eat well and be fine. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Think, you know, um, so like one, just like having I guess like what your advice would be for someone who's looking to start investing in small ways and what you say is like getting your boat close to the, the dock um making sure that you have some kind of safety net financially number one before you jump in like with both feet into the boat and go do your thing um and then two once you are there so what are some things that people can do to diversify their income yeah two really grand questions So I think the first thing is when you're in a nine to five, you're thinking about starting a business, you're thinking about starting a side hustle. The first thing that we really need to do is understand what your cash flow is, right? And that's essentially what's coming in, what's going out. You need to have a zero based budget, which is telling every single dollar where to go and what to do every single month. Uh, The other thing that a lot of people really struggle with when it comes to entrepreneurship is the fact that they're saddled with debt, right? So they've got credit card debt, they have student loan debt, they have car debt, whatever that looks like. I highly recommend getting your debts in order and working on paying those off first while you have a stable income and getting serious and intentional and paying off as much as you possibly can. Because when you make the decision to move into the state of being a full-time entrepreneur, you don't want to have to worry then about having $2,000 a month of debts that you have to pay off. So I know that's like, you know, you're, you were asking about investment and that's really investing in yourself to get serious about your financial situation. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, necessarily recommend going in and like saving a huge emergency fund for when you quit your job and then still have all this debt. I would focus on paying off the debt first and then building up an emergency fund and then, and then eventually going full time. So, um, there's a lot more to it. We could, we could kind of dissect that a little bit more. Um, and then the second question, what was your, remind me what your second question was. I was so enwrapped in my, <laughs> what I was saying. <laughs> so, um, it was just kind of reaching into your, um, skill set of, um, teaching people how to create diverse income through passive income and things like that. And I just wanted to touch on a few of those things um, that maybe people can even get started on just depending on where they are in their journey or in their level of expertise. If maybe they're going from maybe a nine to five where they want to do that same thing, but in their own way and work for themselves, right? So maybe like that's somebody's situation right now that's watching this and maybe they want to say, well, like, what are some things I can do now that don't maybe constitute me jumping full head into self-employment, but are things that I can do to generate income while I like work towards being full-time? 
Yeah. Oh gosh, so many things. Um, I would say that you kind of have to really look, open up your eyes and look for opportunities of where you can diversify. So a lot of us get wrapped up in like, okay, I've got a nine to five, I've got a steady income. But if you're trying to pay off debt, you're trying to invest in your business, you're trying to save so that you can quit your job, like you really need to think outside the box. So what does that look like? That could be, you know, starting a side hustle. That could be um, taking like a skill set like you have and doing it on the side. So maybe you are, I don't know, a dog walker. You can make some extra income on the weekends. You know, you want to create as many income streams as possible simply because what ends up happening is at certain times of the year, some income streams dip while others are doing really well. Um, you know, uh, investments, like we were talking about Roth IRAs, that's another way to diversify your income. You're getting compound interest. Uh, you could also, um, I mean, there's so many things that you could do. You could sell products online. So if you're a photographer and videographer, you know, you could do online trainings, you could do, um, you could sell templates for things. I mean, I'm thinking about the passive income like online. And, and one thing I want to say about 2020 that has really hit hard for a lot of individuals is that they've had to learn how to build their business online. So could you offer courses, trainings, workshops, um, templates, downloadable things that people could, you know, use. Like for me, I could offer like a, like a budgeting template or something for like $10, right? Where can we create further opportunities to serve our audience and help our audience by creating things that we could sell, right? Not just the services that we have. Um, trying to think of what else, if you are an entrepreneur right now and you need more income, get a part-time job. Like there's there's just so many opportunities, especially now online. If you're a photographer, you could sell prints, you could sell stock photography. Uh, if you're a videographer, you could sell stock videography. I'm just thinking a lot about, because I know your audience is probably a lot of like wedding vendors. Um, flor florists could do like online trainings for floral work. I mean, there's just, it's limitless. So really think about outside the box. You know, you could write eBooks, you could uh, start get sponsorships um, for writing content. You could do affiliate marketing. I mean, I, the list goes on and on. But I always tell people, I'm like, you know, a lot of those things seems seem really scary, but it just takes some time to do a little bit of research and dig into the skill set that you currently have, right? Instead of trying to start something completely new. Was that helpful? It was, it was. Um, because I think too, people, when they think about side hustles or they think about things that they can do for passive income, they often feel like they have to reinvent the box. Well, mm -hmm. really don't. Like there's a lot of options that people have already demonstrated as being successful right now that you could repurpose or recreate in your own way according to your skill set. Um, yeah. And again, it just really looks for, really depends on you doing the research on looking for what your target audience is looking for. What problem can you solve? What value can you add to people um, in your own way? And a lot of what you're talking about, the only real like time constraint it would be is the initial time to like create a budget template because after that you don't have to keep right but you can just it can sell itself essentially yeah. you know you don't have yeah. to keep constantly being there you can focus on other things you know um so that's one real way that i think to like one time one to the product and then three yeah. the value so like how can people use combine those things to create you know like generate money you know essentially yeah, like we said, it, it takes the little bit of work up front and then it pretty much runs itself. A lot of for the, the passive income. Now, if you're just trying to make more income and diversify, you know, you could do Lyft and Uber Eats and, you know, all of those too. You don't necessarily have to do something that's like virtual, but if you're an entrepreneur and you do have a portion, I always tell people, I'm like, think about, you know, maybe you're a service-based business, like perfect example. I was a makeup artist. I have a lot of makeup artist friends. 
makeup kind of went out the window when with COVID, right? So my friends were not able to work. They could not do events. And I said, well, what about online trainings? What about like small, like this is how you do a smoky eye. It's a $19, 20 minute class. That's, that is a passive income piece. That is something that people want. And yeah, I mean, yes, of course they could watch things on YouTube, but your community really values what it is that you do and they love you for who you are. So of course they're gonna invest in this incredible smoky eye tutorial because they don't wanna learn it from anybody else, even though they could go to YouTube and Google the same thing and say, you know, smoky eye tutorial on YouTube. So there's a lot of opportunity. There's so much opportunity. It's just, we have to, you know, with 2020, we've really had to move everything online and navigate what that looks like, but certainly, Passive income is fun. You wake up and you're like, oh, I just made like 50 bucks while I was sleeping. This is awesome. You know, and it, and it removes the pressure too of feeling like you have to do so much one-on-one -on -one work with your clients if you're a service-based business, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I like that. So like tailoring your services to what a person needs. So it can be a one-on-one -on -one thing, like like you said, like maybe a you know intimate one-on-one -on -one call that they're doing with a person or just a pre-recorded video on how to do a smoky eye. But another thing that I like to think about too is like how can you um, recreate something that is personalized, right? So maybe even doing like a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call with a yeah. client. It's like, hey, like I'll send you the makeup. We'll do it on Zoom together. You'll kind of see what it looks like, get your feedback, all that type of stuff. Um, so really cutting down like the time that you, you're having to physically be in someone's presence is yeah. also a way to think about like, you know, how am I spending my time versus the money and the return on the investment that I'm getting from it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, so, and again, this is a question that I'm asking because I've been watching you for a long time, but for, again, the people that don't know, um, Joanne does, has an awesome email newsletter that she sends out to people. And a lot of it is about like cultivating a mindset of being successful, right? So things that you may have to work through in order to really achieve the goals that you have in mind for yourself. Um, and so I really want to touch on one of those things, which is um, one big piece that you started on that you have since kind of like opened up in it um, and started to include both genders in, which is women empowerment, right? So speak specifically to women business owners on how they can work through some of the things that maybe you've experienced too mentally um, to um, achieve success. And one of those being limited beliefs, right? Um, and this is kind of tying in everything that we've been talking about in terms of being financially limited, being you know limited by debt, being limited by time, being limited by resources. Um, and so what are some things like if you had to, both for both men and women who are watching this, but like working through limiting beliefs um, in order to achieve success. Yeah, so one of my favorite things to talk about, so thank you. Uh, limiting beliefs are really beliefs that we pick up in our formative years, beliefs about ourselves, things that we that we think about, that we, uh, the way that we act, the way that we behave. And what's really interesting that I really want people to take away is a lot of the beliefs that we pick up that are really the foundation of who we are, we pick up when we're kids. Okay, so maybe someone told you when you were 12 that you're really mean you're kind of a bully or you're bossy. So you've internalized that now as part of your identity. And that person literally could have just been mean themselves and a bully themselves. But now you've allowed that limiting belief to identify with who you are for the rest of your life. So, you know, you walk around and you're just like an angry, you know, you're just feeling angry and you're frustrated. And you're like, well, I'm a mean person because somebody told me I've been mean or I've been a bully or whatever that looks like. But really we have to start to unravel and think about, you know, what are the things that people told me when I was a kid? You know, what evidence in my life do I have to support that thing, right? And I'll use myself as an example. 
I, my, you know, I grew up in a military family and I was always taught to be small and to be quiet and to not rock the boat and to mind my P's and Q's. So in my business, especially when I was working as a makeup artist, I kept my business really small because I thought, oh, well, that's, that's all I can achieve. That's all I can do. But it wasn't until I started really doing a lot of personal development work that I was like, well, why do I have to keep my business small? And then I started to undo my own identity work and unravel and say, well, because people told me that I had to be quiet and I had to be invisible. And that as a woman, as a female, you know, don't, you're not allowed to be big and to be bold and to be bossy or whatever that looks like. So, you know, I challenge people right now who are listening to look at their own lives and look at that one thing that you know, and you've already identified it, by throughout me talking the one thing that you tell yourself every single day right that you know is holding you back in some way and i want you to identify that and then i want you to create awareness around when you think those things and then the next step is to really focus on like understanding that that's a limiting belief that it's not true that it was from an older version of yourself and something that was created in your formative years and you're no longer that person so now you can take steps in accordance with the new person that you want to become so if you were like i mean and i'm a bully well actually i'm a really kind compassionate person and act and behave as a kind and compassionate person right so it's all about reframing the limiting belief setting a new limiting belief and then acting and behaving in accordance with the person that we want to become within that new belief. Yeah. Yeah, I like that because the sooner that you can get to being your authentic self, the sooner that you're going to get the things that, you know, you should that you want, right? You're going to attract the things that you feel that you are deserving of. When you think, "Oh, this is all that I can achieve." That's all you're going to get because you've already uh-huh. told <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and same with money, you know, people are like, I'm always going to be broke. I'm, I'm always going to live paycheck to paycheck. You know, money's the root of all evil. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that I hear a lot. Just so, but again, we likely picked up those limiting money beliefs from our parents and how they had emotional attachments to money and how they fought about money and how they talked about money. And really, because we don't have skills and tools surrounding how to manage our own money, we've just um, naturally kind of taken those on as our own beliefs about money too, without ever really thinking about, hmm, could I change this? Could this be different? I don't, do I have to live this way? Kind of like when Michael and I started our debt-free journey. And once, and, and that's really with any belief in your life. You're like, how could this be different? If you want to be healthy, I you know, act and behave as a healthy person. Go hang out with people who work out. Go hang out with people who eat healthy. Go hang, you know, watch content around health and fitness and nutrition. Don't act as the old version of yourself because then you're only going to create more evidence around the old version of you, right? Which is, you know, I wasn't working out. I wasn't eating healthy. You know, I was doing all the things I don't want to be and don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that for sure. Um, and two, like, and again, we probably, I don't know if we have time to get into this right now, but one thing that you have done through, you know, your uh, business is create a community for people mm-hmm. who have either attended your workshops or just are interested in your coaching services. Um, and really what a lot of people right now that we are seeing exacerbated by this pandemic is that people thrive on being social. People thrive on community. People thrive on connection, right? So really surrounding yourself with people who are going in the same direction as you is important. The people that you have pouring into you, positive things about you and your business and the things that you are trying to achieve, that's important, right? And that can really create a shift in how you think about yourself and how you think about your business and how you think about the things that you can achieve, right? Um, and so I don't want to get too crazy into that because I know that sounds like very simple, 
But the reality is like we all have the ability to create community and we should be trying to foster like more positive business and personal relationships um, in order to like achieve success. But yeah, and I mean, one thing I'll just say about that to keep it short and succinct is that your Grant Cardone, he's a real estate mogul. He talks about how your net worth is indicative of your net work. So if you have people in your life who your family, especially are that are not entrepreneurs, they can't understand or identify with your business journey. And you feel really isolated. Like I did when I started my business as a makeup artist, I was like, well, I need to find other people that are going to help to empower me in this journey of mine. Um, yeah. And just to meet people, not even to sell what you do, but just to like collaborate and create that community and have a place to commiserate because business is hard. It is such a struggle, but when you have other people that you can kind of just bounce ideas off of, it just feels like a weight is taken off of your shoulders. Like you can breathe a little bit and you have people that you can go to and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And actually get honest feedback. Um, so that's just one tip that I have. And there's so many Facebook groups. There's so many meetups. There's so many meetup.com, Eventbrite, um, Facebook. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of others that I can't think about right now, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll write those down. Yeah, we'll definitely share those. But those are just a few. So if you, if you haven't found your community yet, just do some Googling and um, start to really dig into where you can, can network with other business owners in your niche or just just however or wherever, whoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Because like, again, like sometimes, you know, businesses does have an element of competition and I get that. But at the end of the day, we all have to start from somewhere. And a lot of what our business growth is gonna come from is our own relationship with ourselves. It's our own relationship with our finances. It's our own relationship with our debt. It's our own like analysis of our business practices and the experience that we give people. Those things are personal. Those things you don't need to look to anybody else for. That's yeah. all you, right? So like a lot of it is like, I mean, community over competition to me just feels like so natural. It just like a lot of what my business is has nothing to do with any other person who's doing photography or videography. It has to do with me. Yeah. Um, and really like, again, that's just like a mindset shift that I hope people start to realize when they're watching this is a lot of this has nothing to do with your competition. A lot mm -hmm. of this has to do with you. So. Yeah. And I will say this, and this is one big takeaway that I had this year was that um, for a long time, I always shared my business with other people. And I was expecting them to understand like what it is I was trying to do and be really excited. But your business and your vision is your own. Like, and don't let anybody else take that away from you. Just because you're not doing, you know, what everybody else on social media is doing doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It just means that you have your own vision for your business, number one. Number two, Companies like Dyson, um, Spanx, Lyft, Uber, Airbnb would not exist if they listened to the haters. They, they would not exist if they listened to the people who did not believe in their vision and their dream because they knew that it was going to be a success and they moved forward anyway. So I, I, I encourage you to just continue on the path, even if people around you don't necessarily understand it because you believe in it. And that's really all that matters. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, and then, so I guess to in this, kind of interview type deal. I really feel like this is a conversation. I don't know. It just feels like <laughs> a rolling thing. But um, so one thing that you have done is that you really don't use social media like maybe most people think. Like you're not really on yeah. Facebook, not really on Instagram, but you do use Pinterest, you do use YouTube. So like using social media with intentionality, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that I think was my biggest, biggest, biggest takeaway from you. Like we don't own social media. If like the next president wants to cancel TikTok, all the TikTokers and their income, that's gone, right? It's gone, yeah. Or majority of your eggs in that basket. We don't own that. Like, how are you going to get in touch with those people 
people are liking, commenting, you know, checking your links, like interacting with your content, how are you going to get in contact with those people again? If TikTok gets canceled, TikTok, TikTok gets canceled tomorrow. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. If that gets canceled tomorrow. So really like developing evergreen online presence through a website, through mm-hmm. some kind of site that you own or you have in your name or your email list, right? So yeah. what are some ways that you use social media, specifically Pinterest and YouTube and whatever else you may use to like, want just like get people offline, create connections with them offline and keep those conversations flowing? Yeah. So really at the root of my business, I'm a content creator. Yes, I'm a money and mindset coach, but really I love to create content that's going to help people. So for me, when I was thinking on my marketing strategy, you know, Social media is just not, or Instagram rather, Instagram and Facebook really weren't where I was getting a lot of my traffic. I get a lot of my traffic from Pinterest and um, from YouTube. And as a, again, I'm able to on Pinterest because it's a visual search engine, share pins that promote my content and drive people to my website or my YouTube channel. Um, additionally, YouTube is another way that I'm trying to monetize my business, right? To find coaching clients. I have affiliate products that I'm selling, uh, potentially sponsorships, things like that. So for me, I had to really look at, you know, Where am I getting a lot of return and where am I not getting enough return? And also I'm trying to be very specific and intentional with how I spend my time. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Pinterest, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm not doing any, all of these platforms well. I wanted to really learn the strategy of YouTube and Pinterest. And I already had, because I've done Pinterest marketing a little bit as well. I already kind of knew like I can make this very viable and successful if I give it a devoted effort. And that's where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not getting a lot of traffic from Instagram, Facebook, I'm not getting a lot of Facebook from. I constantly feel the comparisons and just the the mental clutter of social media. How can I simplify this so that I can be more effective in my business? And that was really the decision for me. And I have talked to so many business owners this year who are just sick of social media. They post and they post and they share and they're not seeing any return because they want you to advertise. They want you to pay to get your business seen. So I I just really always tell business owners when I'm coaching them, what is your data say? Where are things working in your business? If Facebook, your Facebook group is like taking off, put all of your energy into your Facebook group. I have a friend who's a a jewelry designer and she will post all of her products in the Facebook group before she even posts them on her website and they always sell out. So she doesn't even have to really like do all that website work to get her products up there to hope that people find it. So it's just like, see just what's working for you and really focus on that. Social media is not the end all be all marketing. There is SEO, word of mouth. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of a million different things. You can do, you know, collaborations and getting on podcasts and pitching to media and being in magazines and, you know, Pinterest and all these other platforms. And I think that we just get so wrapped up in like what everybody else is doing that we don't even really think about what our business marketing strategy is. Yeah, yeah. Like Sorry, that. that was a very long answer, but there you are. But no, that's a thorough answer. And I think people need to hear that. Number one, you don't need to be on every social media all the time. And mm-hmm. yes, I know that sounds hypocritical because I am on every social media all the time. But we're not talking about me right now. We're talking about <laughs> you. You don't need to try to be everywhere. You need to try to find like, yes, try them all to see what works best for you, if you especially if you haven't tried them for business purposes. But once you start seeing results, start Hey, if you're seeing results, start using that more. Like, hey, if you're not seeing results from tweeting, forget Twitter. Focus on your Facebook group. If you're not seeing results from TikTok, but you're seeing them on Instagram Reels, start doing more Instagram Reels. Like, you got to do what works for you and what people are responding to. And I feel like sometimes we get stuck in this whole, like, well, it worked here. Let me still try to make it 
if you if your customers aren't there, if your target audience isn't there, leave it alone. Like you will yeah. be fine. <laughs> and different and different platforms have different demographics, but yet people are trying to make a square fit into a circle hole or like a, you know what I'm saying? That, that analogy. And it's like, but you really have to go where your audience is and you really have to focus on, okay, well, who is my ideal client? Where are they currently? What are they looking for? What are they interested in? And then really focus and hone in on that. And I think, again, we just get so, and for me, it was the mental and the digital, digital clutter of social media. You're constantly being thrown messaging and advertising and products and programs. This is, you should run your business this way. You should do your business like this or you should do these things, or you should invest in this, or you're doing this wrong. And you're like, I don't even know what to think. So for me, with quitting social media, it's actually given me more clarity because I have mental space to dream about my business and dream about what I want it to look like and not be, have all these messages like shoved down my throat because it was, it was exhausting. It was, it was physically and emotionally, physically, it was probably a little physically exhausting, but emotionally and mentally exhausting. And so I just, I knew that like, it just did not serve my life anymore. It didn't benefit me and it wasn't benefiting my business. So it was so easy to just make that decision to just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I still haven't walked away clearly. Um, (laughs) Between like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, maybe one day Facebook, I'm like slowly walking away from because I just, I'm over it. Um, But for the most part, I'm trying to, hang in there because <laughs> they're like like you said like with the podcast between the podcast like podcast does really good on twitter right yeah. but like my personal business i don't ever post AJ studio stuff on twitter because who cares about that but like mm-hmm. you know instagram it gets a really great reception you know what i mean when i post wedding content people love that on instagram that's where that yeah. demographic of women is they're not on twitter they don't care about that so like you know what i mean so and then yeah. too the people who maybe are like further along in their path and maybe they are like kind of where we are now if you have have a podcast and you know or some kind of other social you know visual content platform and you have like you know a business that you're trying to use social media to reach people like what works for one business may not work for the other one like what works for your podcast or for like whatever other thing your blog may be like it may not work for your regular business you know what I mean so you also have to be like analytical about that like just because it works for this one thing doesn't mean it's going to work for something else so yeah Absolutely. And one last thing I'll say is that, you know, if you're not nurturing your email list, if you don't have an email list, if you don't even know what an email list is, I really want you to look into that because you do own your email list. And that is really where a lot of your conversions are going to come from. And if you nurture them, you email them regularly, you know, that's, that's easy because they've already given you their, their email, right? And that's such an intimate transaction of when they're willing to sign up for your email list. So that means that they want to hear from you and they are interested in what it is that you are selling or promoting or sharing. Um, And then you can just nurture them and have them get to know you a little bit better and who you are and what you do and how you can help them. So that is something that that has always been a big strategy in my business and has been so beneficial because you get to pop into people's inbox. It's, It's not like on social media where you're trying to just get people to see you in this algorithm and half the time you get like five likes, you know, when you've got 10,000 followers. So with, with email, you can actually see people opening your emails and you can actually look at that data and say, Oh, well, people really like this. Let me send them more content about this. So, um, uh, for me, like email list is everything. Like, yes, I have the, I have YouTube and I have the podcast for getting people on my email list is everything because I know that I'm able to just really shine in their inbox versus trying to compete with all the messaging across social media. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't sent like a mass email or started like 
mass sending email newsletters, but that's definitely something I want to do in 2021. So I'm catching up to Julian. So if you're not there yet either, don't go bad. You know no, I mean? and there's always opportunity. Every day is a day to start new and to and to reshift, you know, shift your strategy because that's what we do in business. We are constantly refining and pivoting and shifting, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, uh, and we're moving into a new year, and maybe you had considered putting more time on Instagram, but maybe now you're thinking about, you know, focusing on email marketing, and that's cool too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So thank you so so much for spending time with me today. You dropped some amazing gems about finance, about mindset, about social media. And I really hope people that are watching this that are maybe still in a solid position in a job that's, uh, that's a nine to five. I really don't know why we call it nine to five. It's really eight to five, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, true. Yeah. yeah. So that are, you know, in the process of thinking about how they can really invest in their dreams, invest in, you know, whatever endeavors they have. I hope that this gives them some perspective on what investing looks like, because that really takes a different connotation when you start to deep dive into all the things that affect your you know, journey as an entrepreneur. So thank you again, Joanne. I will post the link so you can follow her on Pinterest and YouTube. So definitely check out some of her videos if you want to learn more from her. She has awesome, awesome content. Thank you so, so much again for joining me today. Angela, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.